and I want to apologize to all of you for what I did. It was very wrong, and I am very sorry. I just would like to move on and lead a normal life, you know, get a job and a wife and change my ways. And I hope this apology impresses you, even though my grandmother made me do it and I don't really mean it. You mean you do mean it. I mean I do mean it. I don't think he means it. Podcast. We're back. Season three, episode six. We're covering smoking with cigarettes in which if it's fun to do bad things, then Riley is having the best time ever with juvenile felon Lamilton Tayshawn. But when Lamilton wants to prove as the Jew, good time comes to a shocking. Will Riley know the ledge? <laughs> oh, it's been a minute, y'all. How the fuck are you living? The I'm, best way. I can. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Hell yeah, you are. A little celebrity over there. <laughs> celebrity who can't stand up on her. her feet. Well, oh. you know that's the price of fame when when you spend the weekend oh. in Reno with everybody knowing you at a convention. And who I mean, I know that you will. When you well, first, now with Santa Rosa, and then okay, in Santa Reno. Rosa. Um, yeah, all I need to do is get out of a car and show my vagina, and I'm like right there. I'm like right with Paris and Kim, and I'm right, I'm right there. I'm right there. Or no, oh Lord. That's what they call the fire. Yeah, no, I'll take that one though. Um, but yeah, no, I'm great. How are you, Miss Lindsay? We've, I've missed you guys, everybody. You know, we talk through social media, but it's great to hear everybody's yeah. voice. Fuck yeah, the whole crew. Fuck yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the last few weeks, if it wasn't health related, there hasn't been, I mean, for us anyway, there hasn't been a whole lot going on. And I know, Lindsay, you had health stuff and probably work. Oh, yeah. I mean, not so much with work. Like, I straight up, I already was planning it. But once my health shit kicked off, I was like, man, no disrespect to anyone. But I was like, fuck y'all to all my white label clients. So any SEO agency I did SEO for, clip, done. Because that's where all my time is wasted and all the stresses is trying to manage other people's schedules and other mm-hmm. people work people's workloads. And your health will make you realize real quick what matters and what fucking doesn't. So I cut all those clients. Um, and if you are on your path, I believe as a spirituality nut job, uh, the universe will provide. And already like I have made, I think more money this month than any other month previously, except one. So yeah. And I was out in the hospital for hey. one week. So y'all. Well, there you go. That's how you do it. See, That's I need that fucking, kind of fucking luck, man. It's coming to you. You're on your path. <laughs> It's fucking coming. Yeah, it just the for us, the the light at the end of the tunnel doesn't seem to get any brighter every step. It just still seems like it's that far away. <laughs> can't, can't get if, to the end of it. it now, then that's the way it, <laughs> it is brighter and growing brighter every step of the way. The stop but maybe you just have another step <laughs> added upon the journey. Yeah, um, that's really what it is. Yeah. is there's, there are there were and still are unexpected additional steps added to the journey. You know, and that just makes it stronger and even more dope. What I was going to say is the hubby, the hubby, the hubby, I need you to get uh, 
but I don't know why I thought of like when we said what you know she had going on and it's so dope that you should drop this is how we do but just that part that I heard um <laughs> I'm okay <laughs> um, I swear yeah but that's cute I'm telling you it's gonna be fire when it goes into that just trust absolutely you just see how he's looking at you guys <laughs> he loves me so um babe oh my um, how's school going for you? Too? Uh, well, I'm um, on a break right now until the 11th. Um, class was fine. I, I took for the first time in my life, I intentionally took a zero because I needed to for health related reasons, uh, not have to worry about a specific uh, assignment, um, which sounds really weird, but uh, whole story, you know. Oh, I did. Yeah. So, so yeah, but I passed the class. Everything was fine. It was great. And, uh, you know, next one starts on the 11th and it's weird only taking one class at a time, but each class is like the accelerated version of the, of a class. So it's like, I'm 10 weeks, one class. I'm once I get through this next one, I might try and do two since I'm not working right now, depending on how much longer, uh, until we move. Um, <laughs> So I want you to just, you know, get like six months and then go ahead and make that other yeah. other one in there. You know, what? I feel like I'm the same way. I'm like, just do it. Just let's get them all knocked out. But yeah, no rush. I know it, there's no rush. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm used to being, <laughs> I'm used to having way more pressure on me. And I know that sounds really fucking yeah, funny, but like my therapist is literally, yeah. Um, I, I told her that I was looking at jobs in the new city just, you know, because I wasn't sure how I was feeling about how long before I would try and get back into like a job kind of situation. She's like, don't, 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 don't get a job. Don't, please, yeah. please don't get a job. And if you do, don't you dare work full time. Please don't get a job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. my therapist is begging me not to take a job right now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I thought I was doing better, but I guess I am, but I'm not. I don't know. No. <laughs> if I were cooking. Like that's not my friend. She thinks yeah, that I you know. are genius. No, like that's what I'm saying. Don't put too much on your plate when you don't have to. Yeah. Um, right. And right. I'm, telling, no, I'm saying that as if I that advice, but um, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, life is uh throws us too much shit every single day for us to then on top of that put extra shit on that doesn't need yeah. you know, so you guys might be moving, you know, just you know, we'll just work with one. I have to agree. Good. <laughs> yeah. I got to get back in the pool because I really cussed the University of Phoenix out. I was like, I'm never coming back. And then they listened to me and had somebody who actually has some common sense call me the other day. Nice. And we got down to, you know, the, the problem, which is what I kind of figured. The other person just wanted to get her, you know, her enrollment or whatever the fuck she gets credit for. Mm-hmm. So she didn't even look at all of my transcripts and only gave me 15 credits when I have at least literally 5,000. Um <laughs> Wrong word. Literally. I, no, I understand. That's the same. Like, this isn't my first time trying grad school. The, my first try was with a school that had so little communication that when I started having a problem with the, with the thing, like, three weeks into it, I didn't hear from anyone mm-hmm. until week mm-hmm. 10. Yep. And I was like, fuck all of you. Like, first of all, I was, this was a disability matter that they were not taken care of and were not like, I'm like, I was so fucking pissed. So this was a few years ago. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy with my choice of where I'm going now, but like, I'm still getting emails from this dumb bitch who was like, Hey, can you recommend me to any of your friends? And I'm like, do you not remember who I am? 
<laughs> and what you fucking did to me and why I like left. Do you yeah, guys? I mean, I don't know. Oh, no, I was just going to say, ask if you wanted to talk about the pee hive or if you wanted to get into the episode, because I'm just looking at Dean and I feel like he's like, if y'all don't start talking about this episode, you don't know the pee hive? My husband. No, I was actually going to mention the whole R. Kelly yes, thing. Yeah, but... the Peahive is people who still support R. Kelly and say like, "Oh, he's not okay." The one. <laughs> no, I had no idea. <laughs> the ones, I didn't come up with it. There. Let me find her name. You guys start talking about it. I'll find her name because I need to credit this lady <laughs> who came up with it. Like, it's not my thing, but she calls them the Peahive, and like, they're the ones playing the music outside every day. Yeah. <sighs> It, it's the only thing that I really wanted to kind of say about it was, you know, I'm I'm glad that there was that there is a verdict now and that all of this is, you know, able to hopefully these the people involved are able to move on with their lives. But like, but if we being, go back and he's watch, not, he's not being punished for. No, act. he's not. Like, he's not going to be punished else. for a lot of things. But no. the number of counts that he has been found guilty of, if every one of them has the minimum sentence applied, he would be in prison for the rest of his life. He, so, he was found guilty of everything, I believe. Yeah. So, but they haven't sentenced him, sentenced him yet. Which he, they can yeah. they can give him the minimum, which would be you know maybe a couple of years. But most likely, what what the prosecutors are calling for is that the each sentence is compounded. Um. So each each guilty verdict has a separate uh, sentence that has to be carried out. Right? Am I saying it right? Yeah. yeah you basically, instead of you serving the time all together for each one, they would. You serve concurrently one versus one, consecutively. You serve the yeah. next one, and you serve the next one. So, right. if they gave him ten years for all eleven charges, he would get one hundred and ten years. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, while it it doesn't feel like everything that he should maybe have gotten, uh, it still could come out to be a really significant uh, sentence. So, and let me shout out this blogger. Her name is the Plainest Jane. And I recommend her channel. She does wonderful news. She doesn't just do R. <laughs> R. Kelly, but she's so entertaining. And she's the one who coined the pee hive. And nice. I feel like this R. Kelly shit, like I know we watch Surviving R. Kelly, but listening to her cover this trial, there are episodes of her show I have not even watched because I cannot. This man is more of a monster than anyone is acknowledging. And it is unreal. Yeah. It is unreal. Like, but I'll shut the fuck up on that. Y'all can go look that up yourselves. And he has, <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't have to shut the fuck up about it. I I just, I know that it's, I don't think that it's getting the coverage that like, like let's, let's just go back to the last big one that I can think of off the top of my head. And I'm sure that there have been a hundred between them, but like Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. I feel like when, when that was happening, it was such a circus that we knew, like, it didn't matter if you were paying attention, you knew what the fuck was happening with that trial. Whereas now. I don't know if just our society and our media culture as it is, is so focused on the, um, the divide between people no, that, you know what it is, that is. the big stories like that don't like make their way through as no, they, them, strongly. They, they did what they thought they needed to do. He was in custody. He was in jail and not a good sign of him being able to get out. So they're like, well, great. Let's, we, we got our example. Let's move on to the next one. Right. Honestly, right. They just kind of stopped talking it about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, he was a joke and, you know, talked about the, you know, the, the interview with what you call it and made jokes. But and once he was actually in there and, you know, they pretty much made it seem like, no, we are making an example. This is a slam dunk. He will be in prison for a good portion of the rest of his life, if not the rest of it. Then people just kind of moved on, you know, to the net, whoever they could cancel or whatever next. 
Right. Um, it's just, it's really interesting to me considering that this has been how many decades going on and they're just like, you know, just, okay, now it's over. Let's move on. I, I just, mean, I'm I mean, really my, glad. My issue <laughs> but, is that there are so many still that have not been brought to justice, but yeah. yet they want to concentrate. Not, not, and not yep. trying to make him seem like he's a, you know, an angel or anything, but where, where's Weinstein? Where's, you know, where's he's in prison, a, isn't a, he? tons of, yeah, Weinstein's that, in prison. Is he in prison now? Because last I heard, he was not out still faking because of his health, allegedly. And they mm-hmm. hadn't put him in yet. I mean, oh, okay. I Dean's looking it up now. I had not heard that. He was convicted, but he had time. He, had, he didn't have to go right away. He might well, that happens to now, a lot of them. But he didn't go right immediately after. Being I mean, that's when they have, when they have money, that's generally uh, like you don't have to report. Director um, who just won the Oscar and, you know, came back to the country when he was not supposed to be here. Came back, accepted his Oscar party, then then got his ass back on the you know the plane and went back to Polanski. Um, so yeah. so according according to what it says, his criminal status is that he is in, incarcerated at Windy Cor- Correctional Facility and he's awaiting a second trial in Los Angeles. So yeah, so I mean, what 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 facility is that? Is he you know it's not Rikers. Um, oh God, no! It is a it is a maximum security prison located in the town of Alden in Erie County, New York, east of Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a that's actually a state prison. That's not like a cushy country a club. Was it a state charge or fed that he got convicted? It's a it's a it's a super max uh, managed by the New York Department State of Correction, New York State Department of Corrections. So state, yeah, yeah. I, mean, state max, yeah I don't think he had any federal crimes too. against him. Yeah, it's just yeah. No, it's it's yeah. I don't know who you were talking about in that specific example because I didn't hear about Polanski coming back or something. Oh, he did. He totally did yeah. a few years ago. He came. He actually did I step foot and the Oscars. Yes. He accepted his award. Party. Party. Or are we talking back in the day? Or are we talking recently? Recent. I, years. Year last 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 year. Shut up. Okay. Yeah. Because I know I knew he had done it back in the day, but that was why he moved to like France or fucking whatever. Um. Oh yeah. No. That when it comes to Polanski, that shit's been going on forever. But my thing with R. Kelly is, though, if y'all look into this, and I tagged one of these podcasts I follow with Jim Clemente. We've talked about it before, me and Tara, because I know you're true crime, too. Like, this mm-hmm. man, the stuff I have heard in this trial, he is so much worse than we are acknowledging. And I know he was molested as a child, and that's horrible, and I do give empathy to that. But, like, the stuff he was doing is just making people eat shit. Um, ejaculating onto women's faces and to allow them to wash it off. Like, the stuff he was really doing is disturbing to a whole different level that is not being acknowledged and was not being exposed. Like, surviving R. Kelly, we didn't hear the half. Ridiculous. But we can move on. That's all I have to say about the beehive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to learn more about that. wasn't surprised when when it came across my... uh, I didn't know. I wasn't surprised either. What? It wasn't like I just... Oh well, okay. You know, Making my thing was eat. I wasn't expecting it to be on racketeering mm-hmm. and like you know I didn't expect it, to, but I knew they were going to get him. You know, just like you know, going to get. Well, you know, the, the next um, the next like one they need it. to do is is put Jared get Jared Leto for the cult that he started, but instead they're going to keep giving him you know potential award winning roles. I mean, it's not, I apparently it's not illegal to start a cult because look at the Catholic Church. Ooh, no. <laughs> look at the Republican Party. <laughs> look at the Scientology. Uh, ah, well, Scientology we is not a cult. It is a religion. Right. Based on a sci-fi novel. That has a lot of money right. involved. A cult. And you move up based on your money and you right. live right. in it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Stop, you guys are hurting hey, my feelings. Hey, 
just, you know, I mean, when the owner or the, the head guy, when his wife disappears mm-hmm. for years. It's, it's been like, like oh, 20 fucking years and she's actually, still yeah. nowhere to be known. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. she started to speak against it. Um, I will give it to um, to Gary. I know her name. You're talking about Leah Remini? Remini. Thank you. So much. Leah Remini. Yeah. Yes. She was very, 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 very bold. Like she came out and she was like, look, fuck you. I don't care. I'm going to tell my truth and I'm going to help everybody else that wants to as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's not the first one to do that, but she is the most high profile. Yeah. One to and do I know that. she's not the first and one, but yeah, she, really she took it to more than just like a book or like a talk show talking about it. Like she, mm-hmm. she didn't shut up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. She's still not shutting up no, about it. No, she's not. No, she's not. And Good for her. I, I love her. Still reminds me of her character on Night I'm on I Say by the Bell, though. But that's like <laughs> half the summer when she was on there. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's just that's bold right there, though, because to be able to take on Hollywood, you know how easy Hollywood can ruin you, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, but when you're best friends with J-Lo, I guess you're like, ruin me, homie. You had a best friend. <laughs> Fire. But uh, right. they can move on. Random thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some hood rat stuff with our friends. Hell <laughs> oh, Okay, so this episode, smoking with cigarettes. Let's see. We begin with an interview with a six-year-old, LeMilton Tayshawn. LeMilton is being asked about why he behaves the way he does. He says it's because he likes to do bad things. This interview, uh, um, I don't know if you picked up on all of the different like horror movie stuff mm-hmm. that that was peppered through this. Yeah. So there's, so before, before we actually get into it, I, I wanted to um, point out something that I don't think that Dean got in his notes, but uh, in his trivia, but this original, this episode originally aired on the 6th of June and it was the sixth episode of the season for six, six, six. And yeah. So <laughs> did you, was it in there? Okay. I didn't see that one. But anyway, uh, so that that opening scene is basically just like the interview in the in the beginning of the ring. So um, I thought that was mm. awesome. Yeah, I didn't pick up. Thank you. Uh, so next we see Riley walking out to the street as an SUV runs up on him, almost running him over. We see that Lamilton is driving. Riley asks him where he got it. He stole it from his grandmother. Then we're back at the interview as it continues, interspersed with action of Lamilton and Riley. The interviewer asks him about the kinds of bad things he does. One of them is smokes with cigarettes. And then we see LeMilton offering Riley a cigarette, which Riley lights up as, or tries to light up as LeMilton recklessly drives through the streets of Woodcrest. The interviewer tells LeMilton that smoking is bad for his lungs. Milton doesn't care. He likes being unhealthy and he likes hurting people. The ride continues as LeMilton drives through yards, crashing into trees and scaring everyone in sight. The interviewer asks LeMilton how he hurts people. He answers that he punches them in the face and, or the stomach or twists their arm until it breaks. And remember, this is a six-year-old speaking as we're doing this interviewing, but an eight-year-old in the car with Riley. As the ride continues, the police start chasing them. LeMilton is excited to be in a high-speed chase with the police. The interviewer asks LeMilton how he feels about the people he's hurt. LeMilton doesn't care, not even if he had killed them. The ride finally ends with LeMilton crashing the SUV in the parking lot of the Walmart, of a Wally Mart, I think was what it was (laughs) the episode. Uh, The interview ends with LeMilton being asked why he did bad things. The response? Because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So that's our introduction to this lovely little child. And it's, uh, it's, I have so many feelings about this episode in, in particular. Like this is the episode that made me decide that I wanted to do the podcast because kids like him are kids that I 
would know. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I got a lot. Um, all right. So later that evening, Huey's on his laptop eating popcorn. We tried to get a clip of this, but it just didn't come through well. Uh, so while Riley is getting a spanking from granddad, ending with granddad telling him to think about how stupid he is. Uh, Riley sobbing comes downstairs to see Huey. He tells him that it didn't hurt. No, no, no. It didn't hurt. Uh, Huey closes his laptop and turns on the news, which is telling the story of the earlier events. Riley is envious of Lamilton blowing up over this. The story continues with an interview of Lamilton talking about how about he doesn't care if he almost hurts people and with his grandmother excusing his behavior as all children his age love stealing cars. Whew. Huey asks Riley if he can't see that Lamilton is off, in quotation marks. Riley just says that Huey wants everyone to be normal and that they want to be abnormal. Oh, yeah. So I, I want to I talk more in depth later as we get into this, but just that opening scene was so, there were so many things in that, you know, the, the biggest one to me would be grandma, yeah. especially yeah. saying, you know, kids, kids love to steal cars. What? Okay. Uh, like I, I've met parents like that. And, and she was trying, you could tell, like she's obviously, obviously uh, she done her job. She's raised her kids, but now you're put in a situation where you're trying to use your expertise of, you know, in raising kids. And, and then plus that's her grandbaby. And so grandbabies can't right. do any wrong, but I think for her and in real life too, I think she was trying to take away the negative talk that he always received and yeah. replace that with the, but it's so like, you, you know, it's not a bad person. This is just what happens. So it, me watching it, I'm yeah. watching my grandma, quit the, quit the cap, like quit. But then again, I get why, because our young black men get so much of negative talk and uh, detrimental, you know, talk to, and, and uh, limiting beliefs well, about what their life is going to be and how long they're going to live that you don't want mm -hmm. that in your home and from somebody that, and that was probably the only love and uh, security that he had was the relationship with. And, you know, it sucks that he, she's the one that front the front of it because he was a very angry child, obviously. Okay. But so, that, yeah, so um, when, when you say things like, you know, he was a very angry child, like let's, let's really talk about that for a second. So um, it, it comes up in a few minutes in the, in the episode, but grandma says that, it was an abusive family that when dad lost his job, things got worse, that mom was drinking for most of LaMilton's childhood and basically, you know, going on and on that he saw abuse over and over and over again. And like the the idea of an eight year old psychopath, which is basically what this the 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 um the, the, the quote unquote therapist yeah. in this episode is trying to say that, you know, he's a psychopath. Very, very, very rarely do children get that kind of a diagnosis, especially children who haven't gone through intensive mm -hmm. therapy. Mm -hmm. And like where LaMilton is with the things that he has done, if you know, th those are the kids that I would work with. You know, the the pre-shooting the dog yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, before he actually did any real yeah. violence. Those are absolutely kids that I've worked yeah. with. Those are, you know, the kids who are like, nothing matters, so I'm just going to do bad things because it's fun. I'm going to, you know. Like they're already showing uh, behavior of yeah. that being But the behavior is just diagnosis. a cry that yeah. this is what I've seen. Yeah. That's the only thing that's going to get me attention is if I'm an asshole and I, I 
act out and I do all these stupid, shitty things. And it's fun because I get attention and I, you know, people want to look at me. And in this one in particular, like in the real life story that this is based on, this kid got like invited to MTV and invited to Comedy Central. And, you know, like he just, he got validation for the shitty behavior that he learned from shitty people that traumatized the fuck out of him. Yeah. And it's absolutely no surprise that that kid is now in prison, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, it, and it's, I, like, it I feel bad for his grandma because you know she was her ride or die and she probably bailed him out and did this and did that. But she was already right. elderly, so they you could talk her, you know, and then there's nothing else that you can do. So I'm sure that that was very difficult for her. And then that put a strain on the only consistent relationship that he probably knew, mm-hmm. you know, um, and right, because before that, before the point uh, that we're about to talk mm-hmm. about, before that, he had never been physically violent to his grandmother. Yeah. So, um, so we are. Let's like get back into it. Uh, we are uh, at the next day. La Milton and his uh, grandmother show up. Damn it! Who is it? It's that damn crazy kid with some old woman. What do I do? I don't want that crazy little nigga in my house. Okay, think. I gotta stall for a plan. Who is it? It's LaMilton and his grandmother, Mr. Freeman. Shit, that didn't buy me no time. Just see what they want, Granddad. I don't care what they want. I don't want these crazy people in my life. Oh, this is so unfair. Why me? All right, one second. <sighs> LaMilton's grandmother forces their way in to apologize. I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Freeman, but I know it was your grandson smoking with cigarettes in the car with LaMilton, and I just thought he should come over here and apologize for putting Riley in danger like that. Oh, that's not really necessary. Can we leave now? Yes. No. Now get in that house right now and get ready to start apologizing. So this is where that grandmother basically just shoves her way into the house and doesn't listen to uh, the fact that granddad is like, I don't want you in my fucking house. But... Milton recites the apology that he has obviously rehearsed with Grandma, even though he didn't really mean it. Please, Mr. Freeman, Milton is not a bad child, I swear. He's an A-B student. He helps me around the house. Most of the time, he's no problem. Mm-hmm. He just has some anger management issues, you know? Mm-hmm. And when he was little, all he ever saw was domestic abuse between his mother and his father, mm-hmm. his uncles, his aunties, his cousins. Mm-hmm. And I've just been trying to get him some help. And then when he was five, I remember his mother was drinking heavily at the and time. And his father had just been laid off from his job at Popeye. And there was a lot of tension and he in just his wanted house. to have a little fun. I mean, he's a little boy. And sometimes they're going to get in trouble. Okay. Ugh. Okay, so this is what I was just talking about. Um, about basically, like this this grandmother has obviously apologized apologized for this child so much because she she's very much like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and this happened, and you see these are all the things that made this kid into you know what you see. So you see, I'm trying to help him because all of these things have happened, but she's not actually trying to help him. I think she's like, also at her it, wit's end, and then she wants right. to make sure that. Look, it's not reflecting on me. I'm trying. Like, I'm trying, right. you know? Um, but I think right. it was also her way of reaching out to see if somebody else could help out. You know, he obviously needed, like, a male figure. So I, I think that was part of the reason why she was so adamant about let them continue to be friends because there's grandpa. You know what I'm saying? So, um, well, and sad. also That's- this is... This is the scene where we find out that Milton doesn't have any friends and Riley is probably the nicest kid he's ever hung out with. So like that right there tells you that, you know, 
grandma might be like desperate for what she thinks mm-hmm. of as maybe a potential good influence mm-hmm. to hang out with this kid. Yeah. Like, I feel bad about that one. Like, to give him a that, sense of normalcy. You know, she's like yeah, trying to. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, that will, that will fix them, you know. Well, and to be, to be fair, uh, in, in my classroom, it was a big deal when they would start to form friendships with each other because a lot of the kids that are in that, that kind of uh, situation don't have the social skills to mm-hmm, make friends mm-hmm, and to keep friends. Mm-hmm. Like you can obviously see with LaMilton with the way that he tries to order Riley yeah. around and, yeah. and that sort of thing. But, you know, those kids, when they're in, when they are lucky enough to have kind of a program like what we were doing at my school, you know, they're given a chance to uh, learn how to have those conversations and how to be a friend and how to keep a friend and all of that shit. But like, I, I wonder... Because they, they say later that LaMilton doesn't go to the same school That's as Riley. That's what saying. He doesn't like, have that option. Probably, probably he's been kicked out of every school. So he doesn't right, have that. Right, Like you wonder what kind of school program this kid is in. Um, like, obviously, if he was... No, well, it was a school counselor, right? That was the dude that was like... Yeah, he used to be, yeah. Stalking yeah. him. And and yeah, don't so get me started on school counselors way. because school counselors shouldn't be old white men that cannot relate <laughs> to like you can't and then what the first thing that they do is they go oh they're adhd no you just don't know how to relate in this in this case he's not human yeah yeah also well the 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 doctor's name is dr dumas which is a spoof off of dr loomis who is the from halloween the 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 psychologist from halloween that worked Mm. with michael myers okay right Ah, and he automatically kept saying that he was like psychopath and yeah yep yeah so I did want to comment on um, this section, though. Like, this is uh, one yes. of the clips. I think me and T both picked this one um, because I think to the grandma's defense, and there's two storylines going on here, right? So we have the boondocks interpretation of Lamiltron um, or Lamitron, and then we have the real life sort of right. instance of what happened. Because I w- went back because I'm sort of I'm not like I'm not doing the work like T, but I have the same empathy towards children. I tried being a teacher and it was too emotionally overwhelming for me. Yeah. Mm, it's yeah. hell. I yeah. recognize yeah, that. Yeah. It's off the bat. Mm-hmm. I used to drink a lot when I taught because I just could not cope. <laughs> with what I had to go with. And this was for a lot of Do you know how much I've drank since I quit? (laughs) I still have open bottles from like six months ago. It's amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure- Look, my my son was in a problem, but for my kindergarten um, son's teacher, I was like, what do you drink? Mm -hmm. And that's what I gave her at the end of the year. And she was like, alcohol. Yeah. Rubbing Mm -hmm. or anything else, but no. And it it was just sadness and for that moment of peace because you think about these little fuckers all day long all day long you can be in the fucking shower and you'll just think like damn i wish that jim you know could figure out whatever's going on with his grandpa like it there for me there was no escape and i just recognized at that time i cannot do this job and i feel like so the grandma in the show what's lacking with her is that i do think they're trying to portray her as trying to teach this child accountability Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. so important and so underrated and forming functional adults okay okay absolutely that's why i think even though granddad was like i don't want that i don't no 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 worries just move on why she's like get in the house and apologize because accountability no you need to apologize i was a shitty kid y'all like i was kind and i like won like some peace ambassador award when i was like four (laughs) or five years old and all that bullshit but i have always had a vindictive heart luckily for real luckily 
Yeah. Yeah. I said, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> right? how to deal with it elsewise. Yeah. That is it. Like, yeah. That's I why people say we're crazy. Don't fuck with us. Like you fuck with us. You're hey. Until we learn how to deal with it better. But I'm with you, girl. Yep, totally. And like, I used to do all kinds of shit because my siblings would do all kinds of fucked up shit to me. And I would sit there and do all kinds of fucked up shit. I would make plans. I never really got the chance to end <laughs> them out. But I would make really fucked up plans. I had a diary that my mom found once. I got spanked for keeping this really vindictive nasty diary of all my revenge plans, which included <laughs> oh maps. Maps? I oh think Dean God. has one of those. <laughs> An escape plan. I'm, I'm like Arya fucking Stark. I got a list. <laughs> or real. Stewie. You sound like Stewie. Like Stewie. Like you just, wow. Yeah. Like, like they, they would try and boss on me because, and I had a very dominating mom. So my siblings would try and dominate me and I'd be like, oh, hell no, I will not be ran. But I had a mom who was smart in her parenting. I got spanked a lot. My siblings did not. We, My mom was not a spanker except for with me because I was like, you don't run me. It's fun to do bad things. And it wasn't even bad things I was doing. It was just like, you're not going to run me. And she was like, I am going to run you. Like, this is a Southern household. I yeah. am going to run. Girl, do, do not get it twisted because yeah. you're trying to assert, you know, your, you know, your dominance and your own security, your own uh, space, you know, within your family. And yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, your mom does sound like she was pretty damn good at knowing how to raise you versus, you know, the other kids. But like you said, we have to be whoop because we were like, yep. look, whoop me. Good. I'm going to go ahead and do whatever I want. Yep. That hurts for a minute. For I'm real. still going to. So, and I know you're, you're, you're right. You can't really. Now, this is the thing with the real ma- grandma. And like I said, there's a real life story that goes on here because after watching this episode, yeah. I went and watched like the real life story just to understand more. Mm-hmm. And like the real life grandma, they interview her on TV. And she says, if I was still allowed to, I would whoop his butt. Like, mm-hmm. I want to whoop him. Yep. I would take him home and yes. whoop his butt. Yep. And she can't do that because you can't whoop your kids anymore, y'all. Okay. That's not allowed. Well, one, and that boy was big. Yeah, oh, like yeah. maybe she should, you know, if he was younger and she would have started then, but we don't know when he got him, blah, blah, you know, when she got him or whatever. But yeah, now you run, you ran the risk. My of that guess boy is that it was after that incident him. that made the news. Um, plus, kids will pick up the phone in a heartbeat, which yep. makes me want to move him even more and try and call somebody. Um, I used to threaten it. I used to be like, I'll go call my dad. I'm moving in with my dad. I'll show hmm. you. And my mom would be like, she'd go get the phone and be like, call him. Call him. Girl, you know, you would look. I would have given you a garbage bag and be like, have yeah. Yeah. she'd be like, Yes, because she'd be like, Do you think if that man wanted you, wouldn't he be here? Like, my mom did not play with me and it was needed. Like to hear this, it probably sounds like cruel and twisted. Mm-hmm. I am glad for every ass whooping I got because if I right. did not, I would be like this child. I'm not kidding. Like she was not featuring me and I needed to not be featured. I needed to be spanked. Mm-hmm. I needed to be put in my place. Yep. Yeah. Oh, for real. For real. But like, so the grant, like the grandma, I think real life. And I don't know, we can talk about this at the very end of the episode because how this whole thing ends in real life to me is also heartbreaking and sad, but you're kind of like, Hey, I mean, I, I see it, but like, so I think it gets into like this whole, not only the importance of accountability and how he's apologizing one, I hate apologies from people who don't fucking mean it. Spare me. And he didn't even try to sound like he means it. Yep. Reciting the shit, just regurgitating. Yep, because you told me to do it. Mm-hmm. I do think it's important to still make kids do it. I do think that's important. But mm-hmm. like how he said, like, even though I don't mean it, yo, I don't know about you guys. I used to get put in timeout. I, I would rather take the spanking. 
spank me, but don't put me in fucking timeout. Spank me so I can get on with my life. Nope. My mom, because she knew me. <laughs> my siblings did not, were not raised like I was raised. So I used to have to sit in timeout near my mom. Like it had to be somewhere she could see me. Go sit on the stairs. You're in timeout. Mm-hmm. And then she would have a conversation with me about like, do you understand why you're in the situation you're in? Do you understand what you did? And sometimes I would try and bullshit her. Uh, yeah, totally. I hurt my sister's feelings. <laughs> like how? how? Oh yeah, I just did something bad. You know, I, you know, right. and she would sit there and she would rational, <laughs> mm-hmm. rationalize with me and I could apologize and I could say everything I thought was the right thing. And she'd be like, you're not sorry. You have a nasty attitude. You have a nasty soul right now. I will always love you, but I do not like who you are at this moment. And then she would just leave me in time out until I could kind of get my shit. To, I don't know. I think my mom taught me empathy. To be it's not like she had great. She had patience, first of all. Oh, I'm oh. sure she wanted to go through jail a lot, but she had patience. And then she took the time to talk it out with you. I see my mind and mind whoop me and then be like, you deserve it. And I'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's um, what I wanted. <laughs> that's what I wanted. Yeah, I don't want to talk. God. Like it? this. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do the shit. Well, I don't do shit. I don't even tell. But yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's what you're saying. It, it means so much because for grandparents who end up being parents, um, you know, for whatever reason, it, it's kind of hard for them to pivot and change and adjust to the current times and how to raise their kid. Um, and I'm sure it's confusing for them as well, because like she says, I can't whoop them. And back in the day, that's what she would have did. She would have yep. whooped them. The neighbor would have whooped them. Yep. They would send them down the street. The other neighbor would have had them pick their switch and they would whoop them. Yep. You know, Mm-hmm. can't Absolutely. do that. You would still. <laughs> yes. Well, that's uh, something my mom told me too. And this is the last point I have to say on this is like, I asked her like, do you feel bad? Because I, my mom spanked me too much at point. She did take it too far at times. I'm not trying to call my mommy out on the show. She's an amazing mom, but like mm-hmm. it got too out of control at times. Like I once almost got a spanking because I couldn't iron up a, a crease properly in a pair of pants, <laughs> honest to God. And like my brother stepped in at that time and was said to her like, I need you to take a minute. And my brother was 15 and he's like, I need you to take a minute. You're doing too much. Please just take a minute. And I don't know what happened Um, in that moment. That was the last thinking I ever got. But my mom just said to him, like, I have the kids here. You don't. And then she just started crying and she left the room. Never got spanked again. That was it. That was the end of it. That's because your mom realized she was hitting you out of anger. And it was done. Like, that's what. Yeah, it was, I can't do this again because it has become a thing that I just did in anger. And I'm, a, you know, that's, yeah. I can understand that panic too. That's probably like the bursting mm-hmm. into tears because, oh my God, what I'm doing is not actually doing what I'd hoped it would do. Like my intention wasn't to hurt. My intention was to teach and I'm not teaching in this moment. I'm hurting yeah, in this moment. For sure. So. And I'm sure and hearing it from her child and a 15 year old was, you know, made a go, oh shit, wait, whoa. You know, like, yeah, yeah. And because as parents, you deep down feel that like when you may be failing, but you also feel like this is all that I can do. So that's probably where she had gotten to like, nope, this is just how she has to be punished. But there also had to be a time when it changed. You know, like my dad used to just pop off and, you know, his big ass hands. Mm-hmm. But then you could not do that because guess what? I had to go out in public and then, you know, and just the certain things like that, like whatever um, discipline you thought you were giving me, it could end up being much worse just. Because mm-hmm. you weren't in control of your emotions or, you know, whatever. Totally. And I'll close it out yeah. here. But like I say, 
I am thankful for the way I was raised. I do not judge my mom in any capacity. And again, mm-hmm. like you were just saying, MJ, it was a Southern family. So if I did, if oh, yeah. I acted up, my aunties, my cousins, you were allowed to get spanked by every fucking person who outranked you in that family. That's how yeah. it went. That's a Southern family. Um, I don't regret it at all. And like, I talked to my mom about it as an adult, as many people do, some people don't. And my mom said to me, it was a nature versus nurture thing. You really mm-hmm. had this attitude of nobody is going to run me. And I had to teach you there are repercussions for acting up in this world. You don't run shit. You are a child. And I'm grateful for that. Now, granted, there are kids who can get spanked and turn out okay. And there are kids who can get spanked. And it just adds up to nothing. Like, it shouldn't be done. So Because you're jumping the ball. That's the only only parenting that somebody thinks is, is necessary. And it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many other so many other aspects to it. So that's when it doesn't. Um, I'll say, look, I whooping. I said that definitely allowed me to know what role you were supposed to play and how to, you know, how to respect other people and you know, shit like that. Like I my children don't, but that's just because we choose to do things a little differently, to communicate more, to, you know, and then my children don't like us to be disappointed. So we could really just say, I'm disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. You know, but once again, that's I'm what changed. my parents did. Changed. You know, it's just so. But um, yeah, look, there was definitely some times when I was like, oh, that belt was deserved. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, same, same. same. So, All right. I'm done with it, guys. I'm sorry. I just this was a big one for me. Accountability. That's no. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, granddad, we're so at the end of that, granddad said that everything's fine, but kicks him out of the house as fast as he can. When Riley asked him if they really meant that he can actually still be friends with LaMilton, granddad said, no, hell no. Um, so then the news breaks with another story about LaMilton. When his grandmother wouldn't buy him some fried chicken, he beat her up. She excuses his behavior. You have to understand, he really likes that fried chicken. Riley and LaMilton are walking down the street talking about him being on the news. And Riley says, or Riley's impressed that, you know, he was, he was still himself when talking to them. He didn't like, you know, he didn't back down or anything. Uh, LaMilton says he's going to be a superstar. Um, Riley is impressed and tells LaMilton that he still wants to hang out with them, even though granddad said that he couldn't. Uh, they decide that they're going to go have some more fun. And as the boys run off, we see a man hiding behind a tree watching them. Do, do, do. And every time we see this man, we start to hear that Halloween theme of like a couple of like really high notes played over and over again, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, um, the Omen style singing. The oh, which happens yeah. later. That happens a little later. You guys are pointing that out. Like, uh, <laughs> but I was not thinking at all. But yeah. It's easy when you devour horror movies. Mm. Like it's, you know, like it's your soap yeah. operas. Like right now. What what am I doing while I'm uh, going through my house? I'm watching horror movies, and some of them are really, really fucking bad. <laughs> like I'll just go to Netflix and I'll go, okay, what do you got for me today? Yeah, <laughs> what craziness! Uh, um, so next we have a montage of Lamilton and Riley doing bad things. They throw trash off bridges. They uh, put a super soaker through full of urine and hot sauce. Uh, and do drive-bys. Um, they throw a baby doll off the bridge, causing a huge accident. Uh, they knock over a porta potty with a construction worker inside. They throw a flaming mattress off a bridge onto the uh, off the overpass. Um, and you know, nothing really seems to be happening to them because of this. Nobody is uh, <laughs> like seen chasing them or anything, which I find really interesting that they're doing all of these things especially causing multiple car accidents and nothing seems to be happening. 
Um, And this is where, as a teacher, I would be like, I know exactly where this kid needs to be. And it's a residential center where they will get like intensive therapy and school and not be able to run around and do the things that are going to get someone killed. Because like you throw something off an overpass, you are taking the chance that the person down below you is going to safely be able to stop. And then every person behind them is going to safely be able to stop. So you are potentially causing someone's death. That that's a thing. I'm pretty sure that's another real life case too. Like there were kids. That like, is. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, who went to prison mm-hmm. over that. The mattress one, the throwing the mattress off the uh, burning mattress off an overpass and was something too. that um, I know was a what was that? Uh, it was like rocks. They kept getting bigger and bigger, and they just oh, basically yeah. do like a boulder, and it went through mm-hmm. the windshield. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so after all of that. Riley start Riley's getting tired and basically he's kind of just overdoing bad stuff for a little while and says he wants to go home but Milton is gets really upset about it and kind of yells at him and then backs off and he's like no 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 really let's just let's just go back to my place and we'll play video games it's no big deal so right here we see a moment where Milton is basically you know again my I I I watch this I cannot not watch this episode without my teacher eye on, you know? And I say teacher eye, not like with academics. I mean, with like the the social emotional learning aspect mm-hmm. of it. And like what I saw in that moment was a kid that like desperately wanted somebody, anybody to just be with him. Like, no, 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 we, we don't have to do bad shit. Let's just, just stay, just hang out with me. Yeah. Just, you know, I don't want to be alone. Um, and that's just like, in real life, when that kind of thing happens, your you, your heart breaks. You're yeah. like, oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <sighs> so the man who was hiding behind the tree earlier is now knocking on the door to the Freeman home. He introduces himself as Dr. Dumas, a school counselor from Point Pleasant Elementary. Now, I did look up, I tried to figure out if there was a specific reason for Point Pleasant Elementary. Um, I could only find a Point Pleasant in... Uh, so there's one in New Jersey and one in um, West Virginia. Um, I'm guessing it would be the New Jersey one because we're we're assuming that this is in the Northeast. Um, mm. But I couldn't find like a horror movie connection with that. Dean's doing a quick look to see if he can find something I missed. Uh, but yeah, there's always so many like intentional things when you when he actually named a school. I was like, okay, that's got to mean something, right? So yeah, I might figure yeah. that out later. They, everything uh, Doctor Dumas. So, oh. I don't want to say calculated, but it has. Meaning right, it. right. Yeah. A lot of the times, you know, it, they'll be um, ambi- like ambiguous about, you know, s- there will be no specifics mm-hmm. on where a character is from or whatever. But like with this, when they said an actual name of a school, I was like, okay, that I feel like that's like with the the lot combination that ended up being the years that Thurgood Marshall was mm-hmm. in the Supreme Court. Like there's always, there's there's something, but it might not be an actual Easter egg. Oh, uh, something about the, the Mothman prophecies. Right. Okay, that makes sense. That, okay. Some uh, events that occurred between November 1966 and December 1967 in Point Pleasant. As soon as you said Mothman, I I realized that's the New Jersey one, isn't it? That's why I know that from Point Pleasant, though. West Virginia. West Virginia, okay. Okay, cool, cool. So, you know, he went to the Mothman Prophecy School. (laughs) Uh, so he explains to Robert and Huey how bad LeMilton is, uh, basically telling him he thinks the, that, that LeMilton is the Antichrist. Um, they decide that they have to kill LeMilton because that's what you have to do. <laughs> it's just it's the most ridiculous thing. Okay, I'm going to believe you that this kid isn't human. How do I kill it? No. Right. Yeah. Uh, hmm. 
Huey is hesitant to kill Milton over something he might do. Dumas explains how they won't even lock him up until an innocent person gets hurt first. Um, Grandad explains how Riley has been banned from seeing Milton, but Dumas informs him that he just saw the boys together. Yeah, so I, uh, we, we, don't yet, we don't yet know this fact, but like this conversation right here if, in real life would scream so loud to me about the red flags. It wouldn't, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's not human. Uh, he's the Antichrist. Uh, he must be stopped. He must, you know, he must die. Like, <laughs> okay, dude. He was so, right. like, so just resolute about it. Like, this is it. This right? He knew after a year that, like, no, that's... When you have a kid as traumatized as this obvious kid is, it's going to take so long to unravel all that shit, but he needs actual work on it, mm-hmm. which he's not getting, yeah. you know, like the kids that I meet that are, that are at that level are the ones who are in a residential treatment center. They're somewhere where they, they live and sleep on property with nurses and doctors constantly, you know, because they need to figure out what that, what, and unravel whatever that trauma is before it gets to a point where, you know, they're 12, 14, 16 and being charged as an adult. I feel like though this so, is representational kind of media. Yeah, like, definitely. That this kid is representing narcissists in your life and sociopaths in your life. And I again, nature versus nurture. I know that's an argument we could talk about until ten o'clock tomorrow. So I, you know, I won't totally <laughs> open that box. But like I do, I am a firm believer listening to all this true crime that I listen to, that serial killers and sociopaths and psychopaths, not sociopaths, I shouldn't judge them that way, but psychopaths and stuff, I do believe most of them are made. I do believe it's like society Mm -hmm. failed them. And at some point or another, some adult or somebody should have stepped in and helped you out and they did not. And I think that's what we're getting at. But I I don't know. I think like the switch flips at different times for people. And I think later on in the show, we're going to get into kind of the psychopath narcissist kind of situation. So I'll show. Yeah, I wouldn't, in this situation, I wouldn't say, um, I I would be a little hesitant to say narcissism plays into it. I think that, I mean, it's definitely exaggerated, but I mean, even this real life kid, it's, there's so much fucking trauma there and they were never taught that it, basically that, that empathy part, they were never taught what that feeling is and how to nurture it. And like when I first started doing this job, I would joke with people that um, my nickname should be Jiminy Cricket because I was teaching these kids how to have a conscience. You know, I was teaching them how to understand how other people felt and how to be able to, you know, f- think about how the other person would feel. Like that's, and it wasn't because they were psychopathic. It was literally because they didn't have the tools to do it naturally, which a lot of kids who are neuro- neurodivergent or have a lot of trauma they have lost that ability to do it naturally and they have to literally be step-by-step walked through it while getting other intensive, you know, therapy resources. Like, that's what this kid needed. And this that was not what this kid in real life got and is not what this kid in this show is getting. <laughs> it's the dog scene for me that sealed the deal. Yeah, but that changes yeah, things. We'll yeah, for sure. Later. Yep. For sure. Um, so this is, this is the part we're about to we're, we're about to talk about the part that like really got me to go okay this is kid that I know so at the Milton's house the boys are watching a horror movie um just like a really really graphic bloody horror movie this eight year old has probably seen multiple times because they're very blase about it 
Uh, so that's that's number one. Um, Riley asks him why he watches those movies. LaMilton says it's because he likes watching people get hurt because it looks like fun. Um, Riley gets up to leave, but LaMilton tells him to wait because he wants to show him something. LaMilton comes back in with a semi-automatic handgun and points it right at him. Riley is nervous and tells LaMilton to be careful where he's pointing it. LaMilton says that they can do whatever they want now and that they should go. Riley says that, that he wants to go home, but LaMilton said, I said, let's go. Basically threatening him and saying, you're coming with me. Back at the Freeman house, Granddad is pacing and looking at his watch. He starts ranting about how LaMilton needs to be out of their lives for good. Uh, I feel like I missed something here. Actually, let's hold on a second. So he gets the gun. He says, uh, yeah, his grandma has it for burglar in case of burglars and says, don't touch it. So I touched it. Um, Like I had a kid, very, very similar situation that knew very well where the gun in the house was and told me every day that he knew where it was and told me exactly where it was. And, you know, basically like, I'm not allowed to touch it, but I do kind of a situation. That's so not uncommon. If you have a gun in any way in your house and you have any, I I don't want to say any minor, minor children because you can teach your child the right way to use and handle and respect guns, but it needs like we we have no we have no minors living in our house and our guns and our bullets are in two separate places and you need to unlock one thing to get to the other and like it it if it's out so easy that he can just reach up and get it just because you know he can't wants to you are doing something wrong period as an adult so that's that's my opinion on the gun thing anyway um so Riley when Riley shows up later uh he comes in basically saying you know, I should, I should uh, punish myself. Uh, you know, I might even whoop myself. I'm just going to go to bed. Um, right as, uh, yeah, he, right as uh, granddad is getting mad at him. He's just, he's just confessing to all this stuff and saying, you know, no, no, I'm, I'm, I just need to go. So in the next day, uh, oh, and he also says, you know, maybe I, I shouldn't hang out with Milton anymore. Basically saying he's kind of scary. So I, I really should stay away from him. Um, the next day, Riley is walking on the sidewalk, walks past a tree, and LaMilton is waiting there for him. Asks him where, is he, where he's been. Riley says he's been busy. LaMilton wants to hang out and do bad things. Riley says the granddad won't let him. LaMilton shows Riley the gun and makes him go with him. They end up at the Von Hausen, Von Hausen house, uh, which is the, the crazy old lady with all of the guns from a previous episode. LaMilton wants to rob that house. Riley is not into it. Just then, a German shepherd jumps out and startles Riley so much that he falls over. LaMilton pulls his gun and points it at the dog. As Riley starts to run away, the gun goes off. Riley runs back and sees the dog down and tells LaMilton they have to go. Now, uh, before we, there's a clip that I'm, we're going to do in a second. But before we do that, I do want to say that um, there is never any official thing that says that the dog dies. Everything refers to LaMilton as having shot the dog. It doesn't say having killed the dog. So technically, we cannot say that the dog is dead. We do not see the dog get up after that. So it, it is assumed. But I'm just for, for clarifying sake, because I have to look at doesesthedogdie.com all the time. <laughs> there, there's no proof that this dog is dead. Uh, for me uh, though, so then did we do this? Mm-hmm. Did we do this clip of yep, the dog? But we're about to. Okay, we're about to right now. <laughs> okay. What you shoot the dog for? Hey, he got loose. He was about to bite me. You lying? He was chained up. Man, you sick. So this is the part where Riley finally realizes that it's just not fun to do the bad things that Lamilton thinks is is fun to do. 
Like it was all fun and games until the gun. And then it was like, eh. and then when the gun was used, he was done. And I think so. What did you want to yeah, say? Yeah, like kids do fucked up shit. I will never take that away mm-hmm. from a child. And I will never judge a person, adult or child, for doing fucked up shit. People, you're a, her, a human being. You make mistakes. That's what people do. Okay. Like no one has the right to judge anyone. Shut the fuck up and, you know, have some empathy. But it's when the lying starts. I have. So I think I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not pursuing any study of psychiatry, psychology. I just watch a lot of true crime. And I have had my own interactions with people in life. And I had my own situations where someone told me, honey, you're dealing with a narcissist. And this is why that person told me, honey, you're dealing with a narcissist is this scene right here. It's the lying. It's the instant. You literally Mm -hmm. just shot a living creature. And without missing a beat of your heart or anything, oh my God, he was coming at me and he's doing this and he's doing that. Ding, 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 ding. And I, I, again, a lot of people have narcissistic traits that are not narcissists, but that is some narc shit. It is that right there. That is some psychopathic mm-hmm. shit that you instantly flip reality to fit the fucked up narrative because you wanted to do something. Oh, and we'll get into it again later because you have anger issues. It justifies you hurting a living creature Without this dog did nothing to you but bark. Okay. He was chained up, but you shot it and mm-hmm. you killed it. Okay. Again, a child, an eight-year-old or seven-year-old, whichever he is. And, and you know, okay, we get it and we'll give you your trauma and we'll try and understand and we'll try and empathize. But it's that instant lie where I say like, mm, okay, we're done here. We're done here. You're a narc or you're a psychopath. And I'm not saying narcissists and psychopaths don't deserve empathy. I think they do. Again, I am of the school of thought that they are made. I really am. Like someone should have intervened in your life at some point prior to where you got where you are. And I think that point probably differs person by person, honest to God. But that's the moment where I was like, Mm-mm, nope, my empathy may still exist. I may still feel for you, but the logic is now as an empathic quote unquote person, my logic has learned to serve as my defense mechanism. So when I can start to logically see the point at which you are a dangerous individual, for me with this character, yes, it's make believe, it was the dog scene. I cannot be near you, around you, whatever you're going through, good luck, bud. I'm out. Do not contact me. Do not talk to me. As Riley keeps saying, Stay away from me, man. That's where we are mm-hmm. now. Okay, because this is it. And I would I would agree that um, if, I, if I was not talking about this from a clinical point of view, I would say the same thing. Like if this was somebody that I like, if, if this was a kid in my neighborhood and they were doing all of this stuff, I would hope that, you know, we would all be able to steer clear of this kid. If it was a kid that I'm working with, it's a whole different story. Um, and I can see the things in kids that I don't work with, obviously. But if it's some kid in the neighborhood doing the thing, I don't know all of the trauma in their background. I don't know all of the things that led to that. I just know logically that their behavior is telling me that there is something there that fucked them up. Um, And when I have a kid like Milton in front of me, it literally is just, it's months of creating a relationship and building a relationship and building trust and getting them to understand that you are not um, an enemy. and that amount of work right there is not something that can be done by a parent when when it's a kid like this, when it's a situation like this. That grandma's never going to be the one that can 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 help that kid by herself. And, you know, 
the the situation being what it is, it it feels like and in real life, we know that this this kid never got the intervention that they needed. It was just one excuse after another, which is why I kept wanting to have the the grandma excusing him thing. Oh, totally. You know, and listen, I'm not like I would never take that away from you ever or have any commentary on it at all because you do the work. I don't. I wouldn't want my kids to play with them. I'm just saying right. that. Like I'm I'm not in any way excusing any of the behavior. Like I I yeah. As someone <laughs> I, I have never had a kid that that in my class that killed another animal um in the time that I worked with them. But I definitely worked with kids where it was, do they have access to small animals? Right. Should we talk about are this? They, are they peeing in the bed? Are they setting fires? And I'm not even going to try and take it to that true crime, quote unquote, triad, whatever mm-hmm. bullshit. Just as somebody who I do consider myself an empath, I know a lot of people hate that shit. I don't give a fuck because I'm the one who had to grow up with that trauma that comes mm-hmm. with absorbing other people's bullshit and having to learn. I'm really not upset. Jake is upset and I just am feeling whatever Jake is feeling and feeling responsible for whatever Jake is feeling and having to sort through that, dep- all that, all that bullshit. Okay. I did my work. And again, I had a mom who forced me to do that work and kind of pick shit up. So I'm just saying like as an empathic person, and again, you're doing the work. So that's why I say like, okay, I'm not, you know what I mean? I wouldn't challenge you on anything yeah, there. It's totally different. Totally yeah. different. But if you don't have the tools to do that work, mm-hmm. this is the moment where you have to say, I need to distance myself from you. And I know we're going to kind of get yeah. into this again later on. All right. So <laughs> Riley tells LaMilton that he's sick for needlessly killing a dog and that he doesn't want to hang out with him anymore. As LaMilton walks away, we see Dr. Dumas watching from behind the tree. I keep wanting to say Dr. Loomis because, you know, the actual movie. Uh, at home, Granddad is watching the news. LaMilton Tashawn was apprehended today for shooting a Woodcrest resident's dog. Yeah, boy, they got him. <laughs> they finally got him. Boys, come quick. <laughs> he shot Betty Bonhausen's dog. Oh, I always hated that dog. <laughs> Even though he's only eight years old, police decided to arrest LaMilton so they can get him into the system and get him the help he so desperately needs. He's in the system. Oh, how I love the system. Let's hope they keep his ass in the system forever. My tax dollars hard at work. Ooh, that's some good news. Good news. System, system, stay in the system. System, system, stay in the system. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. The reason why I wanted to grab that clip is just just first off, uh, the kid being in the system now means that they're not going to get what they need. Like, when, when the reporter says, you know, the, the cops arrested him so he can get the help he needs. No, that's not what's going to fucking happen. Like, if this was the real story, he'd be going to jail. He's not going to counseling. He's not going to therapy. Like, if he's lucky, he would go to a place like, uh, like we have a we have a place called Ryther here, which is a therapeutic residential center for under 18 kids. And actually, I think it's closed now because of right before the pandemic, it all closed down. But like, that's that. That would be the kind of place that a kid like this would need to go. But what's happening in this situation is juvie. So then at school, Riley is sitting in his math class and he's bored out of his mind. He looks out the window and sees LaMilton. This is uh, another scene reminiscent of a horror movie. I believe this was like a Michael Myers kind of reference because there were a lot of times when he would be standing kind of next to or behind a tree and then, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
And yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry, Dean's trying to, I don't have my glasses on. What did I skip? After the quote. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Uh, Riley walks outside and is immediately confronted by Dumas. He tells Riley that he's the only, uh, that he's the one that told the police that LeMilton shot the dog. Um, but he had to do it anonymously because grandma has a, uh, a restraining order against him. Uh, do not contact. Um, Riley is concerned that LeMilton is going to think that he snitched. Dumas tells Riley that now that LeMilton is in the system, he has no chance of getting out. Then we're at school and Riley is bored in math class and he looks out the window and sees LeMilton standing there. Uh, I believe he was smoking a cigarette, right? No, I know he does later. Um, he points him out to the teacher, but when the teacher looks, LeMilton is gone. Riley gets sent to detention because he swore in class. <clears throat> then we get uh, from a phone booth from Dumas calling granddad. Mr. Freeman, I have terrible news. They've let him go. Who? LeMilton? Yes. Well, I thought he was in the system. The fools let him go. He's out of the system? Oh, no! Huey, he's out of the system! Grab my shotgun! They said they didn't have enough evidence to hold him. Granddad, what's going on? LeMilton, Tayshawn, escape. Go grab my pistol with the silver bullets. He's not a werewolf, Granddad. Shh. So, so they released LeMilton for lack of evidence because all they had was this dude's word anonymously that LeMilton was the one that shot the dog. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I picked this clip both because of the, like, <laughs> the, the Halloween do, 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 uh, and because granddad's overreaction and like get the silver bullets and, you know, get, get a steak and like the garlic. He's, granddad is, was easily convinced that LeMilton is not human. And, uh, I think that just says something. <laughs> And granddad's old school too. Like, y'all, I mean, as women, and especially as women of color, but as women in general, and it's not just for women, the system in these cases does not work. It does mm -hmm. not protect you. That is a well-known fact. Crime. If you take a restraining order out against a motherfucker, you better start taking some martial arts and you might want to consider a licensed carry and many other things because the system is not going to protect you down to the wire. That is the sad fact. I'm sorry. But in this situation, LeMilton is the one who has a protection order against right. the counselor. So, yes. <laughs> And we are at the school. Riley is putting his book away in his locker. As he closes it, the Milton is standing right there, smoking a, smoking a cigarette. He asks Riley why he told on them. Riley says that he didn't because he's not a snitch, but uh, he didn't think it was funny. Um, he tells the Milton to stay away from him because he's crazy and needs help. The Milton slams Riley against the lockers. Uh, Riley sees how dire the situation is, pretends that everything is okay and that they can go do whatever LeMilton wants to do. LeMilton starts to walk off with Riley following. Um, this whole time, LeMilton's got the gun in his hand. Uh, Riley decides to tackle LeMilton from behind, which knocks the gun out of his hand. Riley grabs the gun and runs off, heading for the roof of the school. Uh, Riley throws the gun off the roof and turns to face LeMilton. LeMilton punches Riley and they begin to fight. Fight. Uh, the Milton pins Riley and starts to choke him. Just then, Ruckus walks out because, of course, he's he's ready to break up the fight. And then when he sees it's two black kids fighting, he leaves them, telling them pr to proceed. So that was our Ruckus moment of the episode. <laughs> uh, Riley uses the distraction to punch the Milton and get away. While the Milton gets up, the fight continues. 
with Riley besting LeMilton, causing LeMilton to fall over the ledge of the school. Um, uh, you know, side note, just putting this in there, Riley won this fight. First fight, he's won. Woohoo! As LeMilton is falling, Riley grabs his arm and... Riley, pull me up! I'm trying, but you really fat. Riley, don't drop me. I'm sorry I tried to kill you. I have problems with my anger. You got problems with your weight, too. Boy! Granddad, oh, guys, there help is. me. Oh, I'm coming! Help me. Help oh, no! No, you must let him die. <sighs> so Riley is uh, trying to pull him up, but LeMilton is just too big for little scrawny Riley to do on his own, and... Um, Dumas basically forces Riley to let LeMilton go, saying that he needs to die. LeMilton falls to the ground below. I wish that this would have worked as a clip because this was probably my favorite part of the whole episode where Granddad looks over the edge and he's like, and he's like, he's gone. And then he looks over and he's like, oh, there he is. And he's walking away. <laughs> Which, of course, freaks out Dumas because the kid just fell off the top of the, the school. Um, so then Dumas jumps from the roof down on top of LeMilton. As they scuffle on the ground, the Freeman family decide it's time to head home. Um, and this is the, there was a line, um, LeMilton screams out, someone call my grandmother. You aren't even supposed to be within a hundred yards of me. <laughs> like as, <laughs> as Dumas is beating him, the kid is like, you ain't supposed to be doing this. Uh-huh. Using it a lot to his advantage. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> uh <clears throat> yeah, this, when I first saw, I, okay, I don't remember seeing this episode when, when if I don't remember seeing much of the third season when this was like live. Um, I definitely don't remember this. Uh, what I think of as my first time seeing this was last year when we rewatched the, the show from the beginning before we decided to do the podcast. Um, and... Yeah, the I think the reason for me that I decided that I wanted to do this podcast went was was not just because seeing this episode and like feeling like oh you know I I recognize this situation and I can really like talk about this but also because you know when you have a situation like this this all of the stuff that we've heard about the Milton is basically what you hear when when something like this happens you hear about you know, the terrible shit. You don't hear about that it's a fucking eight-year-old kid. It doesn't, an eight-year-old kid is not set in their ways. An eight-year-old kid is not, uh, has not learned right from wrong in a concrete sense. They don't even understand death and life in a concrete sense yet. And, you know, this is a kid who basically, because they were embraced as a hoodlum, um, is now an adult with a prison record, you know? And it just, because that is uh, the, the way that Magruder um, tied both real life with the story, the actual story and, you know, kind of fantasy and kind of turning it into, uh, well, the, the guns in schools sto- stuff, that, that there were no adults that followed them when Riley knocked a gun out of this kid's hand grabbed the gun and ran away. Nobody did anything. Then we saw white adults in this school getting knocked over as they ran down the hallway. So, like, (laughs) 
<laughs> the way Magruder was like looking at this, just it blows me away. All the little tiny things that I saw in it as somebody who works with these kids. And um, yeah, it just, it, it's always sad to me when, because it was definitely brought up, grandma saying about the trauma that the kid had had experienced, but that's really the only way that that is shown in this was uh, just when grandma was justifying it. Like we didn't see a vulnerable kid. We didn't see any kind of vulnerability. And no matter how blank and angry these kids are, I have never met a kid that I didn't see an emotion beneath what they were doing. So in reality, like the kid that I saw interviewed um, on the interviews on YouTube and stuff, he looked kind of scared, but also big eyes, like you're, you're paying attention to me. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to make a joke here, you know, or something. Whereas, you know, in, if, if this had been real life and there hadn't been cameras in his face, <laughs> it would have been a totally different thing. So, totally. so yeah. So, um, knowing that, uh, this was a real story and knowing kids just like this really made me want to talk about it more. So that's why this episode has really stuck out for me. Not my favorite episode, but definitely one that um, pulled me in the most. For sure. We're definitely in the territory that I don't remember either. Like I remember Jimmy Rebel. I do remember that. But like the rest of this stuff is new to me. I This was my first time watching. Again, it reminded me a lot of trauma in my own life of dealing with people and their bullshit. But like what I thought took that end scene as, and it reminded me of the Lion King. That's, that's how, like okay. I said, weird I am y'all. Like I saw like Simba and Scar in that fight with the whole pride rock. And when Scar's like dangling Simba, please have oh, mercy. Yeah. yeah. That's what I took from it. Like, but when it comes to like psychopathic, I let me not even go there, like putting labels on it that I don't have the knowledge to put. When it comes to people in your life who are trying to hurt you, and I don't give a fuck how they're trying to hurt you. I don't give a fuck the reasoning, the justification. I am that bitch people call and say, Tammy called me and I haven't spoke to her in three years and she asked me for $500. And I am that <laughs> friend who says, if you don't hang up that fucking phone and if you don't ever mention Tammy's name to me again, I will fist fight you. Because if someone is trying to hurt you, they have no place in your life. And I don't want to hear about empathy or sympathy or whatever you're feeling for them or whatever, because I've been there and I get it. Okay. I understand sympathy and empathy and all that kind of shit. Let those motherfuckers go. If someone is trying to hurt you, they have no place in your life. Let them go find other resources. If it's a child, And I mean it. If it's a fucking child, there are people like Tiara in the world to help them out. Mm -hmm. Not you, who is not equipped to handle the situation. Let them go. Let them, quote unquote, die. Don't fucking really let them die. But uh, send them where they need to be if it's your child and then get the fuck away. Because you're doing more damage either enabling them or, you know, letting them get away with their bullshit than you are by trying to do what you think is loving and caring. Like, get the fuck out of here. And that's what I have to say on it. Probably one of the hardest decisions any any parent has is realizing that they don't have the tools to help the child that they're trying to help. But one of the bravest things you could do as a parent is admit that you don't have the tools to help the child that needs in the way that they need help. So it is not your job to 
um, it, it is your job to make sure that the tools are found and provided. Um, it is not necessarily your job to be the one to provide the tools because you might not have them yourself. So like I have the tools where I can, I, I'm, I'm okay being spit on and punched and yelled at until they realize that I'm not going anywhere and they give up and start talking to me. I have the patience and the time for that, for these kids. Um, someone else might have the patience and time to sit in front of a computer for hours at a time. I can't do that. I don't have the patience and the time for most adults, honestly. <laughs> but traumatized kids, I can see what that there is something behind it, and I want to find out what that something is so I can help them get through it. Are we uh, ready for our uh, white people question? Welcome to Stupid White People Questions. You mean I'm going to stay this color? <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Stupid White People Questions. Actually, today's uh, question is not really a question. It's a, uh, it's more of a, uh, a situation that apparently comes up quite a bit. Uh, and it is from a, a gal named uh, Shakela Brienne on TikTok. And uh, what I basically, what I've done is I've grabbed uh, the recording from her video so that y'all can listen to it and uh, share your experiences. So uh, here you go. Been at my job for 12 years and for six of those years i was the only black person yet every day a regular white person asked me if i'm brand new it's almost like i look like a bunch of black people at once i'm every nigga they're all in me hey oh i ain't mean it like that baby <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be singing that song. it's funny because oh, there you it's go. True. Um, yeah. I I have often been one of two black people that people would know and would like, especially in Derby. Didn't happen so much in work because I work, I have always worked with kids, and that tends to be a kind of job where you see more maybe minorities than than white people in childcare anyway. But uh, but yeah, in Derby, there was when I would go travel to somewhere like say San Francisco. I would get mistaken for somebody who was on a neighbor team of mine. So I would be in San Francisco and they would think that I was somebody from Bremerton uh, instead of me. And the other way around, she would get that too. She would be somewhere for Derby and that people would think that it was me. We didn't look anything alike. We just were two mixed black girls who were short and lived in the Northwest. Well, there you go. (laughs) I mean, what do you expect? I mean, gosh, that's enough. Like we used to actually, we thought yeah. we talked about having shirts made with each other's name on it and saying like, mine would say not my tie and hers would have said not red. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and it confused the shit out of them. They'd be like, right? what is that gang? Oh, that's so cute. Um, yeah. So when I worked in call centers, when there was a lot more of just young black people, I definitely got the, oh, aren't you Tanisha? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're and everything was always a T name, but mm very different from what my real name is, like, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like some of it was purpose shade, um, you know, and it was like a power thing. Um, but once I got into positions where I was really, like, kicking ass and, you know, like, making the money and my name being known, then I didn't get that as much. Um, and then especially in my career, if I was one of one or one of three, it was a little easier for them to tell us apart, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it... it it doesn't surprise me. I wish I would have had that song to play. 
when those things happen. <laughs> right. Um, I do want it to be my ringtone. I feel like so. Yeah, yeah I have to find that on uh, on. Like I, I keep saying I need to get on the TikTok and actually do some stuff. And now that I actually have a break between classes, I really should figure out how to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy. Once you spend about six hours and you like get sucked into it, then you're like, I'm a pro. Uh, yeah, I know. I watched Dean do it. <laughs> <laughs> he could teach us. How about you there? And sorry, when MJ was talking about falling down the stairs, I was like, should I medicine? <laughs> and I... I started choking on it because you made me laugh. <laughs> so I've been upset here choking the whole time. Um, I definitely experienced this at Xerox. <clears throat> and what a lady told me is that it actually is that. And this is an older black lady who told me this. Y'all, I don't take it how it is, whatever. She told me like what it is, is that people talk about you and they gossip about you, but they don't know you. They just only know mm. you're black. So then when they see you, they're like, oh, I, I know her. I gossiped about her. Oh, that's that's Jessica. So they come up to you and they're like, Jessica. And you're like, hi, I'm Lynn. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I, don't, oh, I didn't know there were two of you. Right. So then the uh, disconnect <laughs> happens. But like I used to get, uh, people knew it was me. Like they didn't get that wrong because I was a, I don't want to say asshole, but uh, you all know I'm vocal. So, <laughs> so they got it right. Yeah. Yes, it is, Lindsay. Hi, how are you? Um, but. That's what it is. People talking shit and they talk about when they're trying to identify you when they're talking shit. They don't know what to say other than that black girl. So mm -hmm. that's how they come at you. There it is. I, I, well, I do have a curiosity about this on the flip side. Do black folks do that with white people? No. No? no? I we'll mean, straight up ask you your name. I'm, I'm going to say, part, I'm gonna say no with part, a caveat for me. Well, I was going to say that part. Or we give nicknames or characteristics. Yes, oh, yeah. That yeah. They'll be like, you know what I'm talking about. The Doug, Doug, the one that wears the corduroys that look like right. too short all the time. Like that. <laughs> yeah. So like my my uh, my little caveat is that I I have face blindness. If I haven't like seen you in real life a lot, I will have a lot of trouble. Even if I've seen your picture like a million times, when I see your in real life face, it doesn't quite match at first, and it takes a while for my brain to actually connect to them. And so, I can meet somebody a hundred times and not fucking know who they are, Derby. And, but also I can become best friends with somebody in a night and they will be my best friend forever. Like mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's all a matter of like where, how my brain processes it and inputs it. So sometimes I have, um, I've never mistaken somebody like that, but I've definitely had moments where I've met somebody and been like, which white girl is this? Like, is this the white girl from this team or is it the one with, like, you know? <laughs> So I mean I I've done it with white people. Uh I mean, so Blonde, I mean, blondes especially with uh, me. Yeah, like I it's well <laughs> a thing there. I mean I, I, I but I'm curious is if it's you know when there are cuz I would think that it would happen more with white people <laughs> because they're I would think so. because they're you know we're the majority uh of folks. I mean I mean and I I suppose I could understand why it happens with black folks because uh, because of the minority aspect where if you're not seeing black folks all the time, I saw a black folk, I saw a black person yesterday and then I saw a black person a week from then. Uh, and you know, and th that's, that's all I see. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, I could see that there would be some confusion, but you know, it's, it's like uh, this, this gal was talking to, she's been there for years and you know, I, it sounded like the, these are people that have come into the store or wherever the hell that she works multiple times. 
and <laughs> and should have known better, you know. But uh, yeah, I just I mean, when I, you when you pass somebody in the break room or mm-hmm. you're at the Christmas party and shit like that, like come on, yeah, like come on, yeah, like yeah. that, you know, just hey, I don't, you know, what I'm saying like it, it at least one when you say that we all look alike, please, like actually let me look like. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like the you girl know? that I supposedly looked like had lighter skin than me, darker freckles than me, had more black, had actual black hair, whereas mine is pretty straight for the most part. And um, I have, um, let's just say I'm I'm more endowed uh, than they are. <laughs> and that's that's a nice way to put it. I have gigantic yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. tits. So, um, and to me, I didn't look anything like her. Like she was shorter than me and like, just the body shape was different. Everything was different. Like I could not see the resemblance, but so many people, it wasn't just like once or twice that this happened. Like people in different fucking states thought that we were each other all the time. And of you course people local would too, do it too. But. Their way of proving no black people. Because I know that yeah. you and you, and so I think partly of it too, is they want to be like, no, 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 no. I know you in uh, Tyrone, right? Yeah. Right, right. And it's like, I don't even like that dude. What are you talking about? You know, are you um, related to Kyle? Why, 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 why is why is it the generic name for Eric a black Badu. guy is always Tyrone? Eric Badu. Oh, not so bad. You gotta I'm call like, Tyrone. I sure go to that. You better call Tyrone. Yes, I will sure go to that too. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Because I, I, first of all, let me tell you the worst name I heard ever the other day. Leviticus. No, I love it. I love it. Genesis, Black Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. All my Catholics, you know. Oh, Uh, no. But I want to thank you, no. I mean, I'm not anymore. I'm spiritual, not religious. You're a recovering Catholic. Yeah, exactly. Mm. On the reverse, though, listen, this is my experience, though, as a Black woman in an office, y'all, and I do not do gossip. I'm notorious among my friends. I do not like people talking shit about other people when they're not around. I want to talk to you to your fucking face, and I want to throw down. That's me. That's my energy. But, but, in an office environment, Mm -hmm. you often can't do that. So Mm -hmm. here's what we do. So I'll meet Jane. Jane is Black, and Jane is new at uh, WebMD. Let's pretend I work at WebMD. And so me and Jane meet in the break room. We get to give each other the, oh, another black person. Hey, girl. Hey, look. (laughs) And me and Jane happen to catch each other in the bathroom. One day we start talking. We exchange numbers. And then me and Jane start talking about office politics. And Mm -hmm. we start talking about Sally, Joe, Jeff, Greg, and and Carol. And she'll be like, oh, you know, Carol, you know, Carol, the redhead. Wait, which Carol? Which redhead? This one or the one with the freckles Mm -hmm. or the one, you know, Carol, the one who like you say hi to in the morning and she tries to talk to you. you. Thank you. (laughs) And that is exactly how it goes. And we're like, oh, I know that bitch. Yes, I know her. Oh, I know that Carol. And then you become that bitch or you whatever nickname, like MJ said before, we assign to you. That's how we kind of... We had a girl that we used to call her Smelly Cat because her vagina (laughs) smelled so bad. And we called her Smelly Cat. And she was around and when she was not, but bitch, that was your name. She's a little Summer's Eve something and we won't have to call you that. Yeah, hear it clapping outside the bathroom. Yes, yes, and that's right. exactly what we do. And then we know who we're talking about. Oh, I know exactly who that yep. is. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. That's what we do. And and it's you know, yep. and it can be taken as being mean, or can it be just be like we remember things? So it'll be like you know, Lisa, which Lisa, the one with the flat ass Lisa. Oh, okay, right, like it's right. Just, you know, and it's hey, yeah. Every Lisa I've never known has had a flat ass, so I think that's it, that's hard to say. Uh, 
Um, and it's an alert system, to be honest with you. It's not like we are talking shit about you because we like yeah. to talk shit. Yeah. We're telling you like, hey, I know this person is a snake or is a racist or, mm-hmm. you know, might throw you under the bus. Watch out for this bitch or that bitch or whatever. That is seriously what it is. Like, I'm yeah. not talking shit about you for fun. I'm just saying, yo, that bit. I know. For self-preservation. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, we yes. called the girl one tell that. Run till that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that phrase in a long time. Fucking about the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is what it is, and I'm sure they probably said the girl that talks all the time. You know what my government name is. You know they probably said that, or mm. you know, I'm sure I've been called all every name in the fucking book. You can think of it. I've probably been called hour and a half lunches. Like nobody notices she takes an hour and a half lunch. Yes, you know that yes. really weird loud one. Oh yeah, that's her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I the one who laughs like a one. horse. <laughs> Me? Yeah, no. that's what our horse, horse face. I've never called anyone horse face, but that's a common character. Um, Danielle used to call one lady Sherlock because she was always on every minority in that fucking office. She was on your case. What did you do? What did you mess up? What? Oh, where's the mistake? I'm sorry. Hey, Sherlock. But her work was always fucked up. So we just started calling her Sherlock because she was investigating. Where's the magnifying oh. glass? You know what? Um, it just dawned on me. So it's like where Karen's come from. Yep. Like yes, we gave, yep. That, we gave yeah. the name and we do the same thing. Like my mom used to call girls heifers. I mean, she called mm-hmm. it like it would hurt her feelings. She'd be like, that heifer. heifer. Yeah, I remember and it that. Was, ooh, uh, ooh, my granddad kind of- called every woman heifer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was just she a misogynist. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I'm just saying like, it's just another thing. I think at least about us that we're just creative and we just, it's in our vernacular and it's just, you know, what we say. When, you know, when Karen's telling everybody in the, you know, the 45 people that work with her that they all look alike, come on, fuck on now. Like, that's just, you're being, now you're being, you're being an ass. Um, I mean, we do know what the Karen starter kit looks like, so. (laughs) uh, Dean, I will say this. So if we, if, if they, if women say it about, or I'll just say, if black women say it about, let's say white men, it's usually because you're like, oh, the cute one. The one that looks like you can dance, right? Um, the one like that when like I first saw when like I first saw my future like husband that. up on stage, and I was like, "Oh man, that bass player is really cute." And my friend was like, "Oh, the one with the abs." And I'm like, "No, the cute one." Like we had totally different ideas of what that meant, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a bass player well, from from a like, friend you know. band who I mean, he was built. I mean, the guy was like he, he worked. He was he was it's, physically it's, he very attractive, and, and his that was and his and his thing. and his mimic his his gimmick during a during a gig. Is that he would he would take, take off his shirt, shirt yeah. off, <laughs> which so, so all the girls were like, "Oh, that guy!" And I was like, "No, the one who actually like played and sang and had a uh, personality." <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I, I don't like, have that, so I have I to know, have like, a personality. <laughs> well, my friends, when I dated white boys, they'd be like, "Who's he look like? Justin Timberlake or uh, Channing Tatum?" Like, <laughs> so that Justin Timberlake. The way that you know, if you could say you. We say you look like anybody. It would. It's things like that. Once again, yeah. it's characteristic who's who you look like. Who but do I look that like? That would probably be the gist of it. Um, you I'm know, kinda, I'm, curi- I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious how you, how, what you guys think I look like. Who do so I think you? Yeah. Like, real quiet. Yeah. Like I I'm just, out of, just out of curiosity. I mean, I'm not going to be offended. But. No, I did when I first saw you. I did when we, me, you, and T had our first Zoom call. I told yeah. him he looked like somebody, and I can't remember now because he was like, "No, he looks like this person," <laughs> and we had like a whole discussion about it. Um, <laughs> I can't. Oh my gosh. Oh, I said a, I said a little like Drew Carey, but okay. I, said, I said, it's just That's like, I think it's just like your head shape mm-hmm. and your glasses. The head shape and the glasses. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That's where it stops. <laughs> uh, that's it. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Now you're gonna make me be thinking. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> you later, like kinda, and this so, person and this person. Like uh, I've I've uh, been paying a lot more attention to um, the the return, thank God, of Brennan Fraser, and I feel like both of you have kind of aged in that same kind of direction. You both have rounder faces than you did when you were younger. Like he doesn't have the beard, but other than that, it, it's it's kind of similar there. Like not yeah. not exactly in any way, but I can it. You've aged similarly. Yeah. Like you both had the same kind of shape when you were younger, and you've. You know, no, he was same. he was he was he was more well, he was yeah. he was more put that together was, than I was. That was and I think that but was I an do, older. You were already no. So I'm talking. I'm not talking about like when he was in his twenties. I'm like talking about you and your teens, him and his teens when he first started acting and he was skinny with the big head, just like you were when mm. you were that age. Yeah, and then mm. you and like blast and blast. right, right, right. Um, Favorite he just happened to have school? you know. Uh, school school days school ties. school ties that's what it was yeah school ties yeah, 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 yeah. so blast from the past was he was already actually pretty popular by that point um school ties would have been when he was a teenager yeah, that was, was the first thing matt i ever damon. saw him. yeah matt damon yeah. um yeah but yeah but, I, I i do i mean i look at him now and i i think he he does look like he's gotten a little, probably more chubby than me yes he's he's got a rounder face than you do for sure i would have to see you guys side by side it's hard to judge because you both are very <laughs> tall men i think he's like six three shoulders. six four yeah he's you, like he's, you're he's yeah. super tall with broad shoulders before the weight so yeah yeah i think i mean if i if i if if I was if I was personally to compare myself, I, I, and I don't think I'm anywhere as attractive as him, would be Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I can see that one too. Who's <laughs> Negan on Walking yeah. Dead? Uh, the dad on Supernatural. Yeah, the, the Winchester um, dad. What else has he been in? He's been in a lot of stuff. No, I'll look him up because I it, think. That's yeah. He's I'm, handsome as fuck. You see me? I'm sitting here. I'm just staring at you, like who? Is yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up a picture of him here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's a good one. If I can. Yeah, I'll, I'll just do it this way. Share. Share screen. screen. Everyone at home is going. What are they uh, doing? Yeah. Um. Not hella much like him. Uh, this guy. Yes, I see that. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. Because we're both about the same age too. I think it's only because you have on a flannel right now, but kinda a little like Kevin. Kevin. Kevin Smith. Uh huh. I oh, okay. see that. Yeah. yeah. Before I mean, before he got all skinny. Yeah. Oh, well, we both had He's the same heart skinny. procedure. Did, I was so. gonna say. I was gonna say even after <laughs> well, that, like maybe when he, you like, should first get a little skinny. Because he was a big. Guy, oh, I didn't but. have a heart attack. He had a heart attack. Yes. I didn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, caught, they caught yours before it turned into an actual heart attack. Thank yeah. God. But yeah, I mean, I've, I, I, but I'm, I'm lower on my weight than he was when he, yeah. when he had his. So. Yeah, that's all saying. You that that's yeah, the main. Yours was more congenital. You yeah. never, you never seemed like you had to wear a fucking trench coat. Um, <laughs> I did get me. A, I, I know get, I did get me a cracking jersey. He really got comfortable <laughs> with. <laughs> he did get it. So the the new hockey facility has opened up down the street, and Dean got so excited that he ordered a hockey jersey. Yep. <laughs> and oh. he's so cute. He got home. He put it on. He's like, look. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's adorable, uh, and, I, and it's and it's it's based off of character from uh, from Letterkenny yeah. Shorzy, and so the name on the back, I got Shorzy's name and number on the back, so it says Shore because Shore is Shorzy is Shore, his real name, and mm-hmm. and his number is sixty nine, so with a C for and captain. a C oh. for the captain, so, so it's a Kraken <laughs> slash Letterkenny yeah. mashup, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't well, ever I know it anyway. I don't want to offend you. And this is not who you look like. I'm big into energy reading. I know people think that's weird. You carry the same energy as John Goodman. Okay. Energy. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. It's not a good one. Right. Yes. John, yeah. I mean, I, John Goodman always comes across as, as a warm, 
And even when he's mm-hmm. playing a bad guy, you almost don't believe it. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> like you don't want right. to believe it when he's the bad guy because he's such, yeah. Yeah, even in, yeah, yeah what I was that, that. Uh, the Cloverfield Lane where he was the, yep. the guy? In, in yeah. The, yeah. Yep. That was a good one, Lindsay. I, I, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. I, yeah. It's not yeah. low. I'll take that. I'm not offended at all. Yeah. No. No, that's exactly. It just is just because energy. a person. Yeah, yeah. It, just because a person is big doesn't mean mean it's a bad thing, no. too. And he's he's another one who's lost a whole lot of weight. Yeah. He's skinny mm-hmm. now. And like, to me, mm-hmm. it's even like it's not even. It doesn't even get into the physical. I know I'm weird, y'all. This is just. I'm just not hiding who I am anymore. I can read no, people's I, energy. Because awesome. you're right, though. Yeah. I mean, so totally yeah, right. if you had like a soul tribe, that would be somebody who was in your quote unquote soul tribe. Someone you would bond with, get along with, like I how you that. talked about going into voice acting. Mm-hmm. Bitch, if you don't go into voice acting because <laughs> like you carry this energy to shape shit really and do, do the stuff, do. the joy, the warmth, the comedy, like that's your direction. Yeah. I can come oh, it, helps, it, help, it helps because I love you guys. So true story. Um, <laughs> hey, before we wrap it up, is there anything uh, like super cool coming up that you guys want to want to? Um, I don't know. What's the word? Promote. Promote. That's the word. Holla. <laughs> um, I mean, you guys. I mean, you, yeah. you've already done your cannabis expo thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I just did that. Oh, I am doing a photo shoot. I am going to be in a ganja goddess calendar. Oh my! Nice. Uh, this is part yeah. of the women in cannabis expo. So that um, I go back to Reno. Yeah, nice. on Thursday. Um, and then that'll be out within a month or something. Actually, I think it's coming out for the new year. Uh, Very cool. Which would make sense since this one's almost over. And <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my lipstick line my my merch store mm-hmm. is inventory is ordered packaging is created and being done so just in time for the holidays you guys will be able to get your lit lip matte lipstick nice. I mean, sounds good to me Hello. i want to try it for sure i know <laughs> all, all right. right anything from you lens no all right then i guess we'll uh we'll see y'all next week bye don't take this the wrong way but I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey, thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back again next time for the fundraiser. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3. Undo. Shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is Good Times by Audio Binger. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube.